Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again to start a new week of teaching. Hallelujah. This week, we're going to talk about agreeing with God. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about agreeing with God. So, brothers and sisters, God is in the business of blessing the people whom he created. His heart desire. Just like you have a child, unless you demonize, when you have a child, your will for that child, it is that that child is blessed. You want that child to be better than you. I believe even if, if, if even if a person had a child, if he was on crack, I don't think he would want his child to be on crack. If a person who had a child, if he was a murderer, I don't think he would even, even a murderer would, would want his child to be like him. You, 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 how many understand what I'm saying? Even a wicked man, you know, I, I, of course there's some exceptions, but even a wicked man wouldn't want, if he, if he knew he was wicked, wouldn't want his child to be like him. I remember when I was in the world one time, some older uh, a, a friend of mine, they used to um, do a certain kind of drug. And uh, I, I saw the guy do it. But the guy, the guy loved me, man. We was friends. And he did this certain drug, and he said, man, if I ever see you do this, man, I'm going to... Man, you're going to have a falling out. I'm going to fight you. Well, he didn't want me to do that drug even though he was bound by that drug. So that that's that's the genesis of what I'm saying. Somebody who, who cares. See, he looked at me like a, like a little brother. And see, God has more love than a human. He has more love than us. So God is in the business of blessing us. First, that's the first thing you got to get in your mind. Because I done been to certain churches, they present God as like God trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Why you wearing this? Why you went to a baseball game? Or why you... No, God is not in the business of making your life bad and making, making your life boring and, and making your life miserable. You have to get this in your mind, brothers and sisters. You know, because I'd have heard people saying, well, God won't put more on me than I can handle. Uh, see, that's the problem. He won't do it, and he didn't do it. God is not putting more on you than you can handle because God is not putting a burden on you. The Lord says, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you got a yoke and a burden on you, that's see, that's the devil doing that. You're right, God won't put nothing on you that you can't handle because he's not putting anything on you that's bad. Hallelujah. He's trying to do something for you that's good. Now, one place he did suffer the children of Israel to be tested to prove that they loved him for him so he could show them that man do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He didn't put nothing on them. The devil was doing it, but he allowed them to go through some hardship to develop discipline. But, you know, sometimes God get the credit for bad stuff. You know, people say, well, the Lord, uh, the Lord sent in a hurricane. I would rather you say it this way. The Lord didn't stop it. He didn't, he didn't stop it because of people's iniquity. 
Yeah, so so the Lord is not in the business of cursing people. See, when 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 sin and iniquity is in the land, kind of like in Sodom and Gomorrah, if you read the 18th chapter of Genesis and the 19th chapter of Genesis and the 17th chapter of Genesis and the 7th chapter of Genesis, whenever wickedness get in the land, the land faces the punishment or the people rather. So it's not that God is doing it, it's that God, the Satan wants us to kill, steal, and destroy. But it's God that stops it. You remember one place when, when God told Peter, he said, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I pray for you. Do you know, it's me and you, you know, because we're, we're righteous and we're living for the, God, for, the, for the Lord, that Satan desires to, to do things to us, Satan desires to destroy us. But you know that the Lord intervenes and stops it from happening? Yes. So the Lord is in the business of blessing us. Now, I wanted to get, I want you to know that before I get started. Numbers, the 13th chapter, and at verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send out men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers, ye shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Now, you need to focus on the on the part that he said he give them this land. So God is in the business of blessing them, right? So he's letting them know, I have already given you this land. It's yours already. Now, you have to understand, God is in the business of declaring the end from the beginning. Before you even have it, he say, I gave it to you. See, that's how he operate, and that's how you're supposed to operate. You are healed before you even see the manifestation. When you get a revelation of that, and that's why you have to keep preaching because people might not get it because you said it one time. They might not get it because you said it two times. They might not get it because you said it three times. On song, on song, on song. I guess I made that up, that word, but and so on I was trying to say. But they might not get it to you to say it the 30th time. See what I'm saying? Because faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. I'm talking about an intelligent man might not get it till you say it the, the 30th time. A lot of times it's the people that's, that's, that don't have any uh, education that get it quicker. So you got to keep preaching the word. So I wanted to illustrate that God has already gave them the land before they have the land. Now, this is what I mean by agreeing with God. This is why I'm preaching on agreeing with God. Because these group of people did not get the land because they would not agree with God. At verse 17, it says in Moses, Numbers 13 and 17, and Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get ye up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. Now, I hate that he told them all of that because God didn't tell them to worry about whether they were strong or weak. God didn't tell them to worry about whether they were few or many. Now, Moses is saying this, but I think Moses shouldn't have told them that because God only said he'd give them the land. He didn't tell them to worry about whether they were strong or weak, few or many. In verse 19, it says, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad. Now, see, that's that's a question. Say, God might be saying, hey, go see if that land good. You know, God going to give you something good. And what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, 
whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage. Now, that was a great statement. Man, be of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. Now, the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. And they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob as the men come to Hamath. Now, I'm going to drop down because they cut those grapes off, and those grapes were as big, big as your head. I mean, there they, they was some great fruit out there. And at, the, and at the 25th verse, it says, And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word again, uh, 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 brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. <clears throat> and they told him and said, We came unto the land whether thou sentest us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Of it. Now listen to their confession. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover we saw the children of Anak there. And they went on and named the Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and everybody who was there. That's what they were worried about. But watch this. Caleb and Joshua had faith. And at verse 13, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we be well able to overcome it. Not just able, well able. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now, both groups got their confession. Caleb and Joshua, because they was well able, after the other group died out, they got the land. But the, but the people that came with an evil report and say they're not strong, they did not get the blessing. Because why? You have to agree or partner with God. I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again. Hallelujah. For a brand new week, I'm on a Tuesday today, but it's a brand new week of teachings. We're talking about agreeing with God. Father, let your spirit, Lord, let your anointing flow. For Lord, my confession is out of Philippians, where you said, it is you that work it within me, both the will and the do of your good pleasure. You said in other places, Lord, many different times, Lord, that you're working with man. So Lord, I agree with you, Lord. I agree with your word. And, Lord, I'm partner, partnering with you to bring heaven to earth. So, Lord, let your spirit, let your teachings, and let your anointing be released on earth through me. I am a willing vessel, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, brothers and sisters, God is looking for somebody to simply agree with him. You will be shocked how many people subconsciously, actually, a lot of times, don't agree with God. I mean, they simply don't agree, and they don't. Most people don't know it. That's why God have given the body of Christ ministers of the gospel, five different ministering gifts. Right now, I'm operating in the ministry gift of a teacher. You see what I'm saying? But it's also to highlight things in the scriptures, to bring revelation, to to get the victory over circumstances. So when you see people sick. And you know the word of God says that they're supposed to be healed. How many know God didn't lie? You can't doubt God's integrity. So what man does, he tries to explain that by saying, well, it, it is not the Lord's will. Or the Lord will heal me uh, when he see fit. I'm still holding on uh, for my healing. And 
all of that sounds good and it's a person is doing the best they can according to what they know. You understand? But it's a higher level of revelation. I'll give you an example of what I'm saying. If a person said, God going to heal me one day, do you know that statement in itself is pushing their healing into the future? When you say God is going to heal me, you are acknowledging that he hasn't. And you're not agreeing with him, actually, but you're not trying to disagree with him. See, so so this this message is said with compassion. You're not trying to disagree with God. You just your faith have to be adjusted to a more superior way to say, well, God is going to heal me one day. Or, or we we going to see uh, God do healings here is to suggest that he's not doing it now, that one day he's going to do it. But see, faith is now. See, healing is now. See, when Jesus came, he didn't push it off into the future. He healed them right then. But also, listen closely now, brothers and sisters. A lot of times he could not do healings because of people's unbelief, especially in his own hometown. See, he couldn't heal them because of their unbelief. Now, like I covered yesterday, God couldn't bring the majority of the children of Israel uh, into the promised land because they simply did not agree with him. They did not agree that they were, they were strong. They did not choose to be courageous. All of this is a choice. They did not choose to partner with his word, but they partnered with Satan's decrees. They, they saw them own selves inferior. They had an inferiority complex. They saw their own, them own, their own selves inadequate. They saw their own selves as weaklings. Now, I can explain why they saw themselves like that. Because they had been beaten to submission by the mainstream media. I mean the Egyptians. See, the Egyptians had beat them into submission by constantly telling them how inferior they were. So they only saw themselves uh, uh, on that lower level. They didn't see themselves as kings and priests. But God had said he came to make of them a, a kingdom of kings and priests. But they didn't see themselves. They saw themselves as peasants. They saw themselves as slavery, slaves. So even though they was out of slavery, they were still slaves in their own mental, in their own mind. What God is doing this week, he's trying to get you to agree with him and disagree with the spirit of slavery, with the spirit of bondage. See, it ain't that you're not healed. It's that you hadn't agreed that you're healed. See, it's not that you're not rich. You hadn't agreed that you're rich. The moment you get in agreement with it, circumstances start changing to bring into manifestation the thing desired. Now, it might not happen overnight. It could happen overnight. But your mind has to be in a posture of agreement with God, in a posture of being healed, in a posture of being rich. Abraham called those things to be not as though they were. Do you know the promised seed? He didn't have that seed until he was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. Ishmael was born when Abraham was 87 years old, yet God called him the father of many nations. He had ample opportunity to disagree with God, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. In other words, he believed in God's integrity. See, it's just like if you got a power outlet that's not working. But the rest of the house, is, the power is working. It's nothing wrong with the power. It's a bad outlet or a bad switch. 
you know, my cable wasn't acting right over the weekend. So I knew it'll work sometime, then, then it'll go out. I knew it wasn't a storm or anything like that. So it wasn't nothing wrong on Comcast and it was something wrong with my box. So it would either been something wrong with my modem or something wrong with the wiring. Other words, the power is there. It's just something wrong with the receiver. It's the same thing with God. The power of God is always flowing. But if we're not seeing the miracles and the things we're supposed to see, there's nothing wrong with the power giver. It's, it, we hadn't postured ourselves the right way. And it's our job to find out what's missing. Not to ignore it. Not to go on with the same status quo. But find out what's going on. Not to make an excuse. And say, well, it wasn't God's will. No, you got to find out what you don't know that somebody else know that's hindering you from operating like somebody else is operating. Isaiah 53 in that verse 1. Who hath believed our report? That is the question that the Holy Ghost speaking through Isaiah is asking to you today. Who hath believed our report? In another way of saying this, who is going to agree with God? Who is going to agree with his word? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm means the power of God. Who is the power of God revealed to is them that are in agreement with God. When you get in agreement with the word of God, the power of God will begin to flow. For verse two, it says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. This is Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. Hallelujah. And as a root out of a dry ground, he have no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Now, Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. Many years later, that prophecy came to pass. Jesus was actually bruised and he was actually doing these things that Isaiah prophesied about. Because in 1 Peter 2 and 24, it says his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now, this is the revelation. You got to agree with this scripture even while you're sick. The doctors can, can say you got you got three hours to live. He can say you got six months, three years to live. When you agree with God, say that's a lie. I, I got more than that. I, that's a lie. Because I, I, I believe in God's integrity. God said that I'm healed by his stripes. And because I am healed by his stripes, I refuse to die sick. That's all you got to do. I know I make it sound simple. But you got to keep saying it. Don't say that other stuff because when you get totally in agreement with God, the power of God is flowing through your body to heal you. I'm not saying it's instant. Sometimes it is instant. But, but faith is actually grew. It, it, it is grown, I meant to say. It grows on you as you hear the word. 
So brothers, be blessed. Sisters, be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you one more time. We're talking about agreeing with God. I tell you something, brothers and sisters, without the help of the Holy Spirit, without God's grace, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not smart enough to do this. Do you know I don't even write notes down? I just I just pray, uh, pray in the Spirit. If you hear a person saying praying in the Spirit, that means praying in tongues. And I just, I just go with it. A lot of times I'll be like, Lord, I don't have anything. And I just pr pray in the Spirit, and I just say I'm going to preach anyway, and I just grab my phone and then a scripture will come to me and I just minister. Like, like I said, you know, through the, through my former years, I've read the Bible a lot. So I, I read for, you know, by the grace of God, I remember scripture. And so it is just a scripture coming to my mind, you know, and then I just minister. So whatever I'm saying is I'm being directed by the, by the Holy spirit. The word agreement means uh covenant and God is a covenant keeper. You know, marriage is a covenant. You know, you get married, you stand before God, and you agree to death do us part. But men and women don't keep covenant like God keep covenant. God is a covenant keeper. See? So, one of the covenants he has made with them that confess him as Lord and Savior, he has an agreement with you to heal your bodies. See? By his stripes you are healed. But in uh in the Corinthians the ninth chapter around the eight eight and nine and the ninth chapter of Second Corinthians all in that little section, he's he's also has a covenant with you that he'll uh, give you a, a full supply. The word rich means full supply, but it actually says Jesus became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. But the word rich means uh full supply, and he said uh he that so sparingly. Shall reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap abundantly. Uh, God is not a liar. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, by holy men as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. If a man tell me he did what God said do, and God didn't do what he said do, he's calling God a liar. And God is not like a man that he should lie. He's like men and women. You see, like I told you earlier, men and women, they break covenant all the time. Especially Hollywood, they get married, divorce, get married, divorce, get married, divorce. They break covenant all the time, but but God is not like that. Now, let me say this. I'm not throwing stones at anybody who's divorced. Let me say this. It was God's will that a person get married and stay married forever, but I know that things happen, and God forgives sins. Don't, don't never let nobody fool you. If you've got a divorce, God forgives you also. So, you know, I need to throw that in there because... Satan will try to beat some of you across the head. Now, God forgives sin. Just like he forgives sin of stealing, uh, uh, fornication, he forgives divorce. That's just another sin. He forgives sin. Jesus died that he might forgive you of your sins. That's his blood covenant with you. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. He, he was whooped on his body that you might be healed, right? He became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. He hung on the cross butt naked so that he'll take away your shame. It's a great exchange. I guess one week I need to preach on that, the great exchange. I have a list wrote down of 10 things the Lord did on the, uh, the Lord Jesus did during his life and on the cross. So 
in Matthew 18 and at verse 21, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I, I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise, how many can say the promises of God and yes and amen? Well, it's a promise of God right here. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Say amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen, whether they are good or bad. Now, to me, this is not a bad promise. Because God's covenant with you, brothers and sisters, listen closely. He has a blood covenant. This is the reason sometimes people prayers don't work. This is the reason some people don't get healed. This is the reason some people don't have money. This is the reason generational curses are still operating through the bloodline. This thing right here, people refuse to forgive. Now you have to agree with God. You have to read that, and some people shake their head and say, I'm just not going to forgive him. I had a guy tell me that. He, he had arthritis one time, and I said, man, you got to forgive. He said, I, I ain't going to forgive him. I can't forgive him. I said, well, you got to. 
You know, and I and I ain't said like I just said. I said it with much compassion because I love the guy. But I walk. I left because it ain't no sense of you praying. It ain't no sense of you praying because until they start walking in that spirit and hatred, until a person start walking in unforgiveness and hatred, they're gonna remain that way. Now you could pray for them; they'll get better, like like I did with the same fellow. But after a while, that spirit gonna come back on them until they start start walking in hatred. They say, "Well, you don't know what they did. I know it, but I know what unforgiveness will do." You know, I might have had some stuff done to me. You might not know about it. You might say, it's easy for you to say, you don't know what I done went through. You have no idea. So I got to practice the same thing I'm telling you. But I am telling you, I know what unforgiveness will do. It'll do exactly what the word says. And if you don't be in covenant, see, the, the New Testament covenant is the love covenant. You agree to walk in love and to forgive but you have a benefit. God has agreed to heal your bodies. He has agreed to give you money. He has agreed to help you, to, uh, you, that you can have fellowship with him. You know, Abraham had fellowship with God. Abraham's blessings are yours. God came down and talked with Abraham face to face. Your agreement is the blessing of Abraham as the promise of the spirit will come in you according to Galatians 3 and 14. The same covenant. The same agreement. Abraham had God talking to him face to face. You have God in you. Abraham lived 175. Our days are 120. With long life, he'll satisfy us and show us his salvation. Abraham was very rich. Jesus became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. Abraham's blessings are ours. But Abraham had a covenant. His covenant was circumcision. Our covenant is love. It's the same principles done in a different way. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Well, I'm glad to be with you one more time. We're talking about agreeing with God. Father, Lord, I love you and I appreciate all you've done, Lord. And Lord, I bless my brothers and sisters, Lord. Lord Jesus, let revelation come, Lord. I pray that the eyes of their understanding, Lord, will be enlightened in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will come upon them like never before in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, brothers and sisters, God is, like I said earlier in the week, he's simply looking for somebody to agree with him. It was a song they sung years ago. Lord, I'm available to you. And I can't remember all the words, but it was available to you. I do what you say do. Use me, Lord. Lord, To show someone the way. And it says a mother stuff, but I love that song. And it's another song where it says, I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's family. You know, so God is looking for somebody to simply agree with. Him. I remember years ago, uh, I was studying the word. <clears throat> and then God impressed upon my spirit that he was going to allow me to work miracles by the laying on of hands. That was his agreement with me. So I went to church. I told a couple of folks at the Holiness Church I was going to at the time. I said, the Lord told me he's going to use me to uh, work miracles by the laying on of the hands. Well, uh, probably about a month later, 
this evangelist passing through the city called the church. He wanted to come speak. <laughs> I'll tell you his name, Byron Miracle. That's his name, Byron Miracle. And um, he called me out. He said, uh, the Lord said he's going to use you to work miracles by the laying on of hands. So, you know, at that time I was, and I'm still trying to do it, learn how to discern the voice of God. Because God is always speaking. We just have to discern his voice. Well, by God's grace, he let a, a guy come in. Only, I think the guy was an evangelist. But do you know you got prophetic evangelists, prophetic teachers? The ministry gift might be evangelism. The ministry gift might be teaching. But sometimes they can move in the area of the word of knowledge and the prophecy. They might not be in the office of a prophet. But pastors, evangelists, anybody, they can move in a prophetic gift even though they're not a prophet. How many understand that? Anybody can prophesy. The Bible says your sons and daughters shall prophesy. You don't have to, just because you prophesy don't mean you're a prophet neither. We got a lot of people that has a gift of prophecy and they think they're prophets. They're not prophets. You have to be called into that office and Jesus will appear to you if you're in that office and let you know he called you into that office. So don't don't call yourself a prophet unless Jesus had has appeared to you and personally called you into that office. Because if you go take that title on without the qualification, you're going to get yourself in trouble. I don't know why I was led to say that. But what I'm saying is you can still get prophetic words and not be a prophet. Well, this is the thing. Even though I am anointed, to lay hands on the sick and work miracles. And I have saw many miracles by the laying on the hands. At the same time, there's many who didn't get healed by the laying on of my hands. Now, let me ask you this. Do that mean that God lied to me or when he confirmed it, it said by two or three witnesses, let every word of God be established. God told me this, then sent the man to establish it. That's, that, you see, see what I'm saying? That's two or three witnesses. Now, I have laid hands on many. One guy in particular, he, he was a, a, a Vietnam vet. And uh, he told me one day he was on my route on Alta Vista. And he said, um, well, it gave me six months to live. He was laughing. He said, man, I escaped Vietnam and they want, they got a pill. He said, the pill costs $20,000. He said, you don't have no $20,000 for no pill. And he said, he's not going to get it. And, and I just took a chance. I said, you know what? You want me to pray for you in the name of Jesus and the Lord hear you? He said, sure. He took his hat off and uh, uh, bowed his head. <laughs> I don't even think the guy, you know, he just, you know how you meet some people, they just good old guys. They, might, they, they don't believe in religion. They don't go to church, but they ain't against religion. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Them kind of guys. He was one of them kind of guys. Had his shirt off out there. He just happy go lucky. Prayed for him. He got better and better. And uh, over the next 10 to 12 years, he, every time he have his yearly checkup, they tell him what's wrong. He'll come and, hey, we got this going on now. He'll laugh. He said, me and you going to put the hospital out of business. Uh, and God. He said, God. <laughs> and so you got people, man, and ain't even Christians that really believe it sometimes quicker than the Christian because they hadn't been loaded down with unbelief. They just don't know. Another guy, stay on my route today.
I think he's a Catholic. I don't know if he go to church or not. But he'll do the little cross after I pray. He had cancer in his eyes. And uh, I prayed for him, prayed for the cancer. And then I asked him periodically, what did he say? He said, oh, it's, he said, it's okay. He said, I, I know you're a preacher. And when you prayed for it, I knew that was it. And I marvel at this guy's faith. I marvel at it. I'm, I'm dealing with him as if I deal with everybody else who got unbelief. This guy said he knew after I prayed for him that he was healed. That's just a couple of healers. I, I, it'll take me a, a long time on this thing to tell you all the things, if I can remember it. Some of that stuff had to come back to my remembrance. I need to write it down. But what I'm saying is God has honored his agreement. Now, what I'm saying is he honored this agreement out of a rhema word. But the written word is a more sure word of prophecy. Hallelujah. In, in Matthew, the 16th chapter, and at the 13th verse, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But said he unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, now Peter, uh, Simon Bar-Jonah is Peter. Peter knew that Jesus was the Christ by revelation. What I'm trying to say is you got to know that the word of God is right by revelation. You got to get your own revelation from God. You got to make a choice to believe the scriptures. See, it, it ain't hard, but it is hard. It is hard, but it ain't hard. What I mean by that, you got to train your mind to believe the word, even while the symptoms are there. Abraham considered not his body. See, listen, listen, listen. Consider not your body. Let me say it again. Consider not your body. Consider not your bank account. Consider not your mind. Consider not how you feel. Consider not what you think. Consider not what so-and-so said, how grandmama was saved and died. Don't consider that. Consider not that. Consider what God says, by his stripes you're healed. Consider what God says, my God supplied all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Consider what God, well, I don't feel like he's working in me. God said he is working in you. For it is God that's at work within me. See, the only way I can do these messages, brothers and sisters, I have to consider the word. If God says he's working in me, that settles it. I, I, I can't tell you working in me by feeling. I just know the word says that. So that means he is. So he said flesh and blood didn't reveal this on, uh, unto him. But he said uh, he's going to give him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. He has given him the keys, which is binding and loosing. In other words, he has spiritual authority. 
And that is the keys to the kingdom of heaven, exercising spiritual authority. Be blessed. I got a lot to say. Well, what's up, brothers and sisters? I'm glad to be with you on this Friday. Hope you have a great weekend. You know, start, start decreeing that this is going to be a great weekend. Glory, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you a secret. You know why I always say I got a lot to say? You ever notice I say that at the end of the message? I say I have a lot to say. Because one time I, I said, well, I ain't got nothing to say. Then I thought about it. You have what you say. So I started always saying I have a lot to say. And boy, I do too. Oh, Lord, I have a lot to say. See, you will have what you say. You will have what you say. I say I'm rich and not poor. I say this, with long life, the Lord will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I say this, the Lord renewed my youth as the eagles. Did you know that Abraham's blessings are yours? Let me ask you this. How did you think Abraham and Sarah received strength to conceive? Think about that. Something had to be made new. See, something was past its time. See, according to the amount of women. That's what Sarah said. She said, um, I'm going to have pleasure. It's past the time. So God, what God did, he renewed their youth as the eagles. You know, the psalmist wrote that in Psalms 103. He read, evidently, he read that story. He was familiar with the story. Well, Abraham's youth was renewed as the eagles. His youth was renewed. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. He lived another 75 years. After he got 100, then he decided to live a normal life. <laughs> he lived another 75 years. He was 175 when he gave up the ghost. Yes. So God is able, if you're old, according to the scriptures, this not, I didn't write this stuff. You could take, you know, you can literally take Psalms 103. Some of you older people should do it as an experiment. Take Psalms 103 and quote that scripture for about a year. The Lord is renewing, quoted the rest of your life. The Lord is renewing my youth as the eagles, according to the scriptures. And get in agreement with God. Instead of saying, oh, when I get 40, soon I got 40, I started feeling it. Oh, and then I fit to hit. Oh, Lord. And then I got him a signal. I can't walk. Don't say that junk. If you've been saying it, stop saying it. Because you are agreeing with Satan's design for your life. Hallelujah. That's why I talked about last week breaking generational curses because we're going to disagree with Satan's design for our life and agree with God's design. And we're repairing all those breaches according to Isaiah. You are repairers of the breach. Restorer of the paths to dwell in. That is who you are. You are, you are special. You are warriors. This is a warrior uh, season. This is a warrior generation. It's time to take back the land. The enemy has came in like a, like, uh, came in and like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord is lifting a standard against it. Matthew 18 and 18, we're talking about agreeing with God. See, God said, Jesus, who is God in the flesh in Matthew 18 and 18, he said, Verily I say unto you that whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Do you agree with God? Jesus said this. He said, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. He has given you the authority to run the earth. You're going to run it, not him. 
he is running it through you as a proxy. See, he is running. You are a proxy for the Lord. You are ambassador for the Lord. You are running the earth for God. Whatever you shall bind on earth is bound in heaven. If you allow wickedness, God said, well, well, Derek allowed it. I got to get out of the way. If you disallowed it, he said, well, Derek disallowed it. I got to come. Whatever you allow, he allow. Whatever you disallow, he would disallow. Now, if you if you allow wickedness, it's going to bring a curse because he got to get out of the way. See, Adam sold out to, to, to Satan. That's why Satan is the prince of the power of the air. But he can't dominate where the Christians are. That's the whole revelation of it. He can dominate wherever it's not a Christian. And he can dominate what a Christian is if he don't know his authority. Do you know he dominated the children of Israel when they was out of bondage because they didn't recognize their authority? Caleb and Joshua did. They recognized their authority and they chose to exercise it. But can two walk together except they be agreed? Hallelujah. See, we're talking about agreeing with God. God, you can't walk with God unless you agree with him. He can't walk with you unless you agree with him. He might not hurt you right away, but he'll get out of the way and a serpent will bite you. The, 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 uh, Solomon in Proverbs said, if you break a hedge, a serpent will bite you. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Did God lie? No, he didn't. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Did God lie? Do men believe this report? That's where the problem come in. See, the power source is in believing and agreeing with the word. See, the power is there. But it's in believing and agreeing with the word. The word always works when men agree and believe the word. See, he said it'll happen it will. Again, I say unto you. That if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So if a person agree with God, God is going to agree with them. See, he gave Peter the keys in the 16th chapter of Matthew that it was binding and loose. Then he came in the other part because you, you can bind and loose by yourself too. Elijah was a man of like passions, and he prayed by himself, earnestly that it might not rain, and it didn't rain. But you know, one will put a thousand to flight, but two will put ten thousand, but one will put a thousand. Don't think you have to have agreement all the time, because one person agreeing with you is God. Now, if you get another person, that's even better. You got you, God, and the other person. Two of y'all agreeing with God. But it's better to have one person agreeing with God than have two people, one person agreeing, one person not agreeing, God can't work. Why do you think he had to put the people out when he got ready to raise the dead? Because their unbelief would have stopped the miracle. You remember Jesus said he couldn't do any miracles in one city because of their unbelief, only laid his hand on a few sick folk? Mark 11, 22. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, 
be thou removed, and be thou cast in the, in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Say this. Say, I believe. Say it again. Say, I believe that those things which I say shall come to pass. Say it again. Say, I believe that those things which I say shall come to pass. Say it again. Say, I believe that those things which I say shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Now, that'll be a terrible statement if you're saying the wrong thing. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, what do you desire? If you're sick, you desire healing. If you're broke, you desire money. See? And many other things. What do you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them. Now, do you believe you receive them after you see it? Like Missouri? No. This ain't the show me state. When you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. You have it soon as you believe it. Well, I believe I have, but I don't see it. That way you just missed it. You just confess that you don't see it. You stay in faith whether you see it or not. Consider not what you see. See, your hope is for a well body if you're sick. That's your hope. But faith is you have it after you pray. You got to go from hope to faith. Now, some people's hope is that they die and go on be the Lord, die with pride or whatever. I heard a guy tell me that. That was his hope. First, you got to change a person's hope, but they got to get out of hope. They can't say, I hope so. Soon they have a hope of healing. Then you got to get them in faith. When, when they pray, believe that they receive it and they shall have it. And right after that, it says you got to forgive. That's why I covered that early on in the week. Agree with God, brothers and sisters, and you'll be blessed. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Be blessed.